Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 65, recorded August 28, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, RV door locks keyed the same, a GoFundMe for Bronx Lockpicker 60, lockpicking lawyer at St. Con, Deviant teaches a blind person lockpicking, new products, meetups, a journey to black story, locksmith story, lockpicking criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at locksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some of the other apps limit the link the show notes and links, but you can always find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. I want to start off this week's episode with a note that was sent in about Tony's picking streak that I went over last week. The note is from Tequila Dave. He says, Hi Charles, hope all is well and keep up the good work with the podcast. Just to verify and to make Tony's picking streak sound even more impressive, he has picked a different lock each day. For now up to 966 days, he has gutted the majority too. Every new year on uklocksport.co.uk, we have the January Challenge. Pick and post a photo of a different lock every day for the whole of January. Most members carry on after the 31st, I got up to 75 this year, until they run out of locks or are unable to post on the forum due to being on holiday, etc. Tony is still carrying on from the January 1st, 2019 challenge. He also added that at the end here, a little PS, thankfully he has a friendly locksmith as well as the UKLS members keeping up the supply of locks. So. I just wanted to add that in because that is actually a big distinction. He's not just picking a lock every day for 960 odd days. It's a different lock every day for 960 some odd days so far. Um, Very, very impressive. Very impressive. And I just wanted to make sure I don't think I emphasized that or even said it properly on the last episode. So I want to make sure it gets credit where credit is due. First up in the news is an article sent in by Evil Arch Conservative and Polar Bear entitled RRV Door Locks Keyed the Same. The note said, really shocking considering how much RVs costs. The article goes on to ask, of course, are RV door locks keyed the same? And the answer is yes, many factory RV door locks are keyed the same. The person staying beside you at the campground could easily walk up to your travel trailer, use their key to unlock your door, and go through your belongings while you're out adventuring. For this reason, replacing the door lock should be top priority once you purchase an RV. Some other questions they ask and answer here are, are compartment storage locks all the same too? They say yes quite often. And are you able to replace your RV door lock? Yes. And then they list several options for doing that. Then they continue with some other options like, can you reinforce your door lock without replacing everything and they say yes you can but you'd spend as much time if not more doing this as it would take to replace the rv door lock they also ask can you rekey your lock by yourself again yes but considering the time and effort involved you may just want to order a replacement rv door lock ultimately they suggest replacing the lock with one of the upgraded and stronger locks in their list all right this next story i received from multiple people in the community this week and i want to thank you all for sending it in I also received a note direct from Dark Arts Lockpicking himself. And the link is for a GoFundMe 
to help Bronx Lockpicker 60. And I'm just going to read the description on the GoFundMe here to give a background and why this GoFundMe has been started. It says, Hi everyone, this GoFundMe is to help a fantastic member of the Locksport community whose daughter and only child has lost a battle with cancer. I thought it would be great if we could try to raise some money to help with some funeral expenses. It doesn't have to be a lot. Every bet counts and is greatly appreciated. Bronx Lockpicker 60 has been a longtime member of the Locksport community and has always supported everyone. And to get hit with such sad news, I want to help. So I would appreciate it if you could head over, check out the GoFundMe, and try to contribute if you can. Bronx Lockpicker has been very generous in his time in the Locksport community. And it would be good if we could try to repay some of that during his time of need. So thank you for considering that. And moving on to something a little lighter here. On Twitter, Jan Willem posted, I've digitized the Cromer protector for an attempt to create a lock picking tool for this lock. As I have the files now, I've took some time to laser cut the pieces and make a large copy of the lock. I think it looks cool. What do you think? I'm looking at posting the files to Black Bag over the weekend and continued at Tool UK. We'll also be sharing files for a custom lock inspired by the Cromer Protector. I'll have a link to that tweet in the show notes. That's where it was where when I grabbed it. I don't know if anything else has been said, and I haven't seen a post yet as of this recording time on Black Bag, but keep an eye out. I'm sure it will show up there sometime soon. And Jimmy Longs and Sherell sent in notification that lockpicking lawyer is going to be at SaintCon this year. He says, the website says, we are very excited to announce two of our keynotes at SaintCon 2021. The lockpicking lawyer and Stephanie Snow Carruthers will be joining us for the session on October 19th. And looking at their website, it looks like SaintCon 2021 is scheduled for October 18th through the 22nd at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah. And in his note, Jimmy Longs also said that they have some really neat contests at St. Con. Both The Vault and Los Santos involve picking locks, electronic security systems, etc. They build an office in the con center for The Vault with card readers, doors, safes, locks, etc. And Los Santos is where you're locked up in handcuffs in a replicated jail. You have to get out of it by picking the locks. It's both pretty fun, he says. So that sounds like it could be a really fun event to attend if you are going to be in the area or don't mind traveling. And I just want, while we were talking about lockpicking lawyer, I just wanted to mention, he put out a video this week called A Trap for the Unwary Subaru Impreza Door Lock. And he starts immediately by addressing that a lock can be damaged or disabled by picking. Since that was really my only complaint about his video picking his car door lock that was actually on his car. I figured I should give him some credit for addressing that issue and making that disclaimer, kind of high, making this whole video kind of highlighting the fact that some locks can be disabled by picking. So I just want to give credit where credit's due because that was really my only complaint with his other video that he didn't give a clear disclaimer beforehand before he started picking his door lock that some people could run into problems picking their own door locks. And Devin Olaf put up a video this week called how quickly can a blind person learn lockpicking? It was a really fun video where he teaches a blind person how to pick a lock remotely. So I'll start by just reading the description of the video because he explains it pretty well. He says, when Jeremiah contacted me, I was so intrigued. 
He stated that he wanted to learn lockpicking, but there were some potential complications. One, he lives in super rural region of Alaska. Two, travel isn't feasible because of COVID. And three, he is blind. So imagine that. While any one of these considerations could individually be overcome with some ease, all three of those factors put together makes for a very intriguing teaching task. As many of you know, I love teaching, so I developed a lesson plan that would be based around progressively showcasing a series of 3D printed parts to slowly introduce concepts, one step at a time, in order to build a model in someone's mind by touch and feel alone. Jeremiah was absolutely amazing and so patient with me as I asked him to handle and interact with a variety of small plastic parts. The end result was not only a solid understanding of how a lock and lock picking works, but also he was picking real locks with real tools by the end of our hourish conversation. I love how this worked, and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to try this and to share this with all of you. Enjoy. It was a very interesting video. I found it quite compelling, and the 3D printed models he developed and sent to Jeremy could be used to teach other people who are visually impaired, as actually Jeremiah talked about wanting to do that now that he's learned. So very, very cool, and uh, a special shout out to Tony Varelli of 3D Locksport for helping Deviant with that and helping to print out those unique training aids. Very, very cool. Great community effort. And also, Mr. Black Magic put out another one of his lock cam videos. This one on the uh, Vachette Axie Home. I'm probably saying that wrong. He said it in the video, but I forgot how he said it. Anyway, it's an interesting multi-row dimple style lock with an unusually shaped keyway that takes a custom tension tool, a tool supplied to him by Yabenda. I love seeing people have to make custom tools to pick locks. It really shows people thinking through the problem. This one, the keyway is, it's hard to describe, but it's almost triangular in shape. I'm sure there's probably a name for this shape that I don't know. But anyway, so he had to make this special tension tool that's hollow that he passes his dimple pick through. Very cool. For meetups, we of course have SaintCon, October 18th to the 22nd at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah. LockFest 2021 taking place September 25th through the 26th at the Hotel Thermal in the Czech Republic. The September meetup for Alamo City Locksport on September 4th at, at 1900 hours at JB Knife and Tool in San Antonio, Texas. Lock Camp taking place November 12th through the 14th Lockhart State Park in Lockhart, Texas. And in the show notes, I will have links for all of those if you want more information or possibly want to sign up to go to them. For products this week, we'll start off with a new product from Law Lock Tools called the EDC Latch Tool. The description says, the EDC Latch Tool is designed for convenient everyday carry and will fit perfectly in your wallet or any of the existing Law Lock Tool pouches. A useful addition to your arsenal allowing easy bypass of common door latches on outward opening doors and gates. With four different tools built into the card, you have several options to push and pull various latches. Made from the same 0.6mm 301 high-yield stainless steel as our picks, they should last a lifetime. And this is an interesting design, very different from the card style that Sparrow does. This one, at first glance, to me, looks like it might actually be easier to use than the ones that Sparrow produces. So I kind of want to get my hands on one of these and try it out. 
And also, Locknew put out a video announcing a new design for the Lockmaster picks from Vent that he and Talonpick helped design. The description on his video says, I really like what Talonpick, Vent, and myself came up with here. Vent asked what we'd like in a pick set if we were going to start again from scratch, and together we built this set from the ground up, refactoring every single aspect. I genuinely hope you like them too. And with that, he also has a coupon code on there for 10% off of the Lockmaster picks with the code LOCKNOOB10. I'll also restate that in the sales at the end. One of the unique aspects to these picks is that they come as plain steel handleless picks, but with holes in them. And then you can also buy plastic handles and special screw attachments to attach new plastic handles to the picks. And the handles can be reusable if you break a pick and whatnot. Multiple different colors if you want to use the colors to organize. Interesting new set. And so I will have links in the show notes to both Lock Noob's video if you want to find out more about them. Or if you just want to go over and look on the website, I will have a link to Vent's website where you can buy them. Moving on to the Lock Pickers United belts for this week. We have two new purple belts to announce. We have John Lock Picking from the Reddit and Cool Tune from the Discord, both earning purple belts. Congratulations to both of you. Takes a lot to move from blue to purple, so congratulations. And then we also had some changes to the belt system. Posted August 26th, says short update, bigger one coming later. So they had an update on the rules, and I'm going to read that here. It says, the requirement for how many master wafers is acceptable in a lock has finally been quantified. It has been an unwritten rule for a long time. Excessive master keying refers to a lock with more master wafers than pin chambers. Example, six pin lock with more than six master wafers. Pin tumbler locks with excessive master keying are not valid for a belt. If sufficient master wafers cannot be removed from lock in a way which does not compromise the lock, contact the moderation team to discuss a possible exception. When removing master wafers, there are two things to keep in mind. One, never remove a wafer from a chamber if it will make the combination of the key pin and driver sit underneath the shear line when a key is not in the lock. This removes the effectiveness of that chamber and puts you at risk of destroying springs. Two, it is recommended that you start by removing any master wafers which are not required for the key to function. If you cannot remove sufficient master wafers this way, then you may be required to pick and gut the lock without a working key. Locks which are not affected by this rule will be added as deemed fit. For now, there are the following. The Lockwood MT5. This lock ranked purple specifically because its only source up until recently filled it with a laughable amount of mastering. This has changed, and this lock will be split in the near future into two separate entries which do and do not have inherent excessive master key. And SFIC to both shears. It says, in most cases, large amounts of master keying makes SFICs more difficult to pick to both shears, especially when only one of the shear lines is the one that is master keyed. Therefore, it doesn't make sense to have a restriction. And for anyone who's not familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there will be links in the show notes to several sources of information about it, some video, one uh, for the ma- main page that has all of the official information. Now it's time to take a quick break, say thank you to people that made this episode possible. First, I'd like to say thank you to our newest patron, Real Tater, who joined at the $5 a month level. 
So with the addition of Real Tater, the producers for this episode include the Patreon subscribers, Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be Deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons and Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, and Real Tater. The chief content producer for this episode, the person who sent in the most information used on this particular episode, is Cherell, aka Anthony. The other content producers for this episode are Albert LaBelle, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Evil Arch Conservative, and Polar Bear, Froggy Picker, B and E A to Z, also known as Good Guy, Holly, HV Logic, I Fisk, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Michael Gilchrist, Mr. Black Magic, Panda Frog, Pocket Woman, Starry Lock, Tequila Dave, and Tony Verley. Thank you to all of you. Really, really makes my job so much easier when you're sending in so much information. It really, really, really does help. I, I've actually gotten to the point where I can pick and choose what, what goes in an episode and what to hold off for another episode. So I really, really appreciate all of that help. So just remember that this show is only possible because of the information and support sent in by you, the community. So if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to help out by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that you think the community would benefit from knowing. You can send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods that you can find in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash contact. You can share the show with your lockpicking friends either online or at some of the new in-person meetups that we're getting started again. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or leave a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube if that's the way you consume it. Also, you can donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to support financially. Patrons do get a private RSS feed that lets them get the episode a little bit earlier, usually about a day. That's all I can promise. You can go to the locksportscast.com slash support to find all the different ways to contribute to the show. If you support the show with a donation or information that I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show notes and a shout out on the show. So thank you very much. On to the state of the podcast. I am still collecting Journey to Black stories. So if you are a black belt picker on the Lock Pickers United Discord, please uh, feel free to send me a story, uh, your story of how you journeyed from starting picking up until you got your black belt i really want to highlight the the community support that goes into it because none of i don't think any of us who are black belts got there without some support and assistance from the community that's something i would really like to highlight i think people think it's more difficult than it is because they think they have to do it all on their own there are people out there that will give you lots of advice and help you every step of the way if you would like to give feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact. Feedback can be confidential. If you ask for me to keep it confidential, I will. You can also send me something to use on the show. If you want to submit a note that I will read on the show, that's fine. Or you can submit a video or audio recording. Just remember to keep it a reasonable length, light, work and family safe, no politics, and no drama. For our Journey to Black story this week, we have a note that was sent in by HV Logic, And he says... I started picking after watching a bunch of lockpicking lawyer videos while bored at work one week and figured it looked like fun and something I could do. So I bought a cheap set of picks from Banggood and started working through the locks I already had. Started reading lots of posts on the subreddit and submitted for my first belt at green. I made a challenge lock and picked my Lockwood 334B45 and had blue belt shortly after. Then I discovered Discord and that was a total game changer. 
I learned so many things from talking on Discord so fast. I spent a while working through Purple, SFIC, suck, picked a mastered Bylock and an EVA 3KS for Brown Belt, worked on some quests, key impressioning and safe manipulation, then started working on an ASA twin exclusive for Black. It took me about 50 hours to learn that lock and get it on camera, then I was able to apply for Black Belt. The whole process took me about 8 months and probably would have been faster if it was not for COVID shipping times. I really thank the LPU Discord server. Without it, I would have never made it past purple. So thank you for that story, HV Logic. I really appreciate it. And really hit on one of the points that I wanted to, to nail home. You don't have to go through it all alone. You can there are so many smart, talented pickers in this community that are just waiting for somebody to ask the questions. They really enjoy helping people and all you have to do is take the time to ask. For our locksmith story this week, we have a story sent in by iFisk that actually won't load for me right now, but luckily I made a copy. It was called Longmont Locksmith Reports Fake Site Overcharging Customers. This is out of Longmont, Colorado, and it said a Longmont locksmith has spent three decades building his reputation Now, he is watching it be destroyed by a website using his company's name and then reportedly overcharging customers. The locksmith's name is Alan Ambry, and he says the key to successful locksmith business is not just the tools, it's the trust. He's been in the business for more than 35 years, and his company, Master Locksmith and Safe, does not have a website. But, googling the name of his company, a website comes up with the same name. On the website, it reads, Master Locksmith and Safe is your complete locksmith in Longmont, Colorado, and all of Colorado. Embry says, I think they're overseas, and I think they're hiring kids or people probably through Craigslist ad or something, but I'm only getting the angry calls and negative reviews. Embry said that he called everyone from the Colorado Attorney General's office to the Better Business Bureau to try and get help, but the website is still up so he reached out to contact Denver 7. Denver 7 reports that when they called the number listed on the fraudulent website, a representative answered, 24-hour locksmith service. When asked directly, she admitted they were not master locksmith and safe, stating, okay, ma'am, it's a mistake on the website. We're going to have that fixed. Yeah, right. A spokeswoman with the Colorado Bureau of Investigation said in an email that the Identity Theft and Fraud Unit is actively investigating the case, even contacting the search engine host Google and the website domain host suggesting a correction, but there has yet to be a response. So the lesson here is even if you don't plan on having a real online presence, it probably is a good idea to buy your business domain name and at least put up a static page that just gives your contact information and say, hey, we don't have a web presence. Call us here. Something. Because if you don't buy it, somebody else might. For the strange lock story this week, we have another old story from 1921. This one entitled Yegmen is Foiled Again. Labored with much ingenuity to effect entrance into Isaac's store but safe proved too tough for his tools. Net picking was $5. And again, this is from Saturday, August 27th, 1921. The story read, Another Leadville safe has withstood the breast drill and tedious labor of 
Yegman. An attempt was made yesterday morning or Thursday night on a safe in the Hyman Isaacs clothing store at 405 Harrison Avenue that proved entirely unsuccessful. The four holes bored in the door did not even disturb the mechanism enough to interfere with the opening of the door by the proprietor when he reached the store in the morning. $5 out of the cash register, two 32 automatic pistols, two suits of clothes, a sheepskin coat, and a set of tailor's instruments were the booty of the disappointed safecrackers. Not to mention the soiling of a pair of cook's aprons upon which the Yeggs wiped their instruments. This last damage was the unkindest cut of all, according to the proprietor, Louis Isaacs. The aprons were absolutely clean. Those Yeggs wiped their tools on them, so I had to send them to the laundry. The robbery was discovered yesterday morning at 8 o'clock when Louis Isaacs came to the store. He left at 9.10 the evening before, and nothing is known of the time of the robbery beyond that it happened between those hours. The man or men entered through a back window in the upper story, which is entirely empty and unoccupied. He reached the window by a stairway that leads up to a little balcony at the back of the building. The window, as well as another window and door off the balcony, have iron shutters, but none of this was fastened. They were not even closed. Contractor A.E. Schmidt was busy yesterday putting them in shape so that they could be used again against further attempts. The intruder had had but slight difficulty getting through the window. The frame showed only one light mark where Jimmy had pried it up. The intruder then passed through a door into a hallway and from the hallway through another unfastened door into an abandoned lavatory. There he had removed the bowl from its accustomed place and broken or pried a hole in the floor. The plastering and wallpaper on the underside of the floor gave way outward and downward, and he let himself through the floor to the store. He brought with him considerable plaster litter as he came through and stepped on the high glass door suit closet. Pushing aside stacks of suitcases piled on top of the closet, he let himself down onto the floor. The safe stands out on the floor rather toward the front of the store, but not within good view of the sidewalk. Four holes had been bored in the door of it, one at the edge of the dial, one above the handle, and two between and above the handle and the dial. The tampering with the door did no damage, for it was opened without any difficulty by the proprietor the next morning. The cash register that stands on a counter nearby was rifled of $5, and two drawers in that counter were opened. A leather case containing numerous surgical instruments had been pulled out and placed on top of the counter and half of its contents strewn about. The proprietor's desk standing against the safe had been tampered with, and the papers in it turned pretty well topsy-turvy. The two revolvers taken were secured from one of the front show windows. When he had finished the job, the robber went out the back door, leaving it open. The sheriff's office was notified and is working on the case. Yesterday's robbery is the latest in a series that is causing conjecture about town whether they are being committed by the same man or men. The previous one took place last Saturday night when the home of Alderman Charles W. Smith at 300 East 9th Street was entered through a window while the family was absent at the movie theater and money taken to the amount of $100. The Zates safe-cracking attempt and the Liberty Bell affair and the post office near robbery are essentially identical with yesterday's affair. The burglar seems to have a thorough knowledge of the premises and to have gone direct to his job. 
to have spent considerable time in drilling holes in the safe door with no success, and then, with the morning drawing near, to have made his way out. So that's your strange lock story. Somebody who knew enough that they needed to drill into a safe, but didn't seem to have a clue where they needed to drill on that particular safe, even though they were familiar with the layout of the building, so they should have known what model they were going for. So, evidently not an experienced safe cracker. Interesting story from 1921. Moving on to more modern lockpicking criminal news, we have Brazen Thief of Prized Holden from Christchurch Car Yard. Evidently, the car stolen belonged to an Anna McGlinchey. The black 2010 Holden Special Vehicles GTS was stolen from a Christchurch yard recently after being targeted by thieves believed to be equipped with new technology capable of circumventing the Holden's sophisticated security system. The owner left her pride and joy at Blackwell's City Holden on Morehouse Avenue about 10 weeks ago after mice had chewed through the wiring loom while the $90,000 vehicle was parked on her property in North Canterbury. Police are investigating whether the theft is linked to a city locksmith having electronic gear stolen from a vehicle. Thieves used a duplicate key to start the vehicle before it was driven through a hole cut in the fence. After viewing CCTV footage, Blackwell's chief executive believed the thieves were part of a professional car theft ring. Quote, the people the police are looking for are very experienced. For us to use our factory tools, we couldn't have gotten in a car for two or three hours. They managed to get it started from woe to go in an hour. I've since learned there is a black market programming tool, and if they get some blank keys, they can get into it and reprogram the car. He also says that they are aware of other dealerships being targeted in the city and not just the Holden brand, although those Australian-made models have increased in value since production halted in 2017, he says. So not exactly lock-picking criminals, but they're definitely using some sophisticated technology and they know what they're doing. They're generating keys and reprogramming the car's security systems. The next story is entitled Drug and Weapons Possession in Kingman. Mojave County Sheriff's Office deputies arrested a Kingman man for dangerous drug possession, drug paraphernalia possession, possession of a weapon by a prohibited person, possession of burglary tools, all felonies, all three active arrest warrants. On Tuesday, 817 deputies were on patrol in the area of Melody Street and Northfield Avenue and observed a gray sedan drive past them. Deputies observed the suspect driving the vehicle, knowing him from previous interactions and knew him from active arrest warrants. A traffic stop was conducted and a records check revealed the license plate belonged to a different vehicle. The suspect was detained and placed into the deputy's patrol vehicle. A records check on the VIN revealed expired registration since 2019. A search of the vehicle revealed two handguns, one shotgun, a lockpick set, two grams of methamphetamine, and items of drug paraphernalia. The suspect was arrested and transported to the Mojave County Adult Detention Facility in Kingman without incident. If you're going to carry that much illegal stuff around in your vehicle, Shouldn't you make sure you have valid registration? I mean, that's that's just one little thing. It's so easy to get tripped up on. <laughs> Amazing how many of these criminals just don't think. In sales, the new one from Vent on the new Lockmaster Picks. Limited time, 10% off discount code. The code is LOCKNOOB10. So L-O-C-K 
N-O-O-B-1-0. And link to those items will be in the show notes. And while I forgot to check before I started recording, I'm going to reiterate the 20% off code for the Law Lock Tools Ridgeback set with the code Ridgeback20. It says while supplies last, so if you're interested in getting it, just go over there and try that code out. And 3DLockSport.com, code LSCAS10 for 10% off of their 3D printed items. Go over there and show Tony Verley some love. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO, no expiration. I don't know if it's still good, but it never seems to expire. And UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Again, no expiration, but it always seems to work when I check it. I just forgot to check this week. First up in giveaways, Albert LaBelle has reached 2,000 subscribers. As announced last week, he is running a giveaway. And it says, this giveaway is for my subscribers to show appreciation for all your support. You need do nothing to enter, and it's free. That's what the description of the video says, but he does say in the video to leave a comment that you want to be included. So I would do that if I were you, just to be safe. This giveaway will run from 826 to 916 2021, and he will upload a video on 916.21 to show both winners and conclude the giveaway. There are going to be two winners, and each will receive the following a Sparrows competitor set, a Sparrows sliver pick set, Sparrows ultra decoder, and two Sparrows stickers. And he will cover the shipping for the United States, Canada, and the UK. The rules, you must be a subscriber. Last day to enter is 9-15-2021. The winners are responsible for contacting him to provide a shipping address, and he will not be trying to reach out to you, so you have to pay attention and watch for his announcement video. Failure to respond by 9-20 if you win will result in you forfeiting your winnings, and he will choose another winner. So if you enter that, be sure to pay attention for the giveaway announcement video. Also, Starlock has a big thank you to the community giveaway. It says, to thank the community, I'm hosting Operation Starburst 21. The rules are, you can have up to three entries. Current members of Starry's Posse get a free entry. Below is the list of channels. Each video you make providing a shout out to one or more of the channels counts as an entry. Include the hashtag Operation Starburst 21. If you provide me a link to a qualifying channel that has not yet received a shout out Monday or is listed in the description or the comments by someone else, that counts as an entry. I will do a shout out video for the channel and credit you. You can set a challenge for me during the video that I will attempt. Any challenge that might result in me being arrested or hospitalized are disqualified. If you share this video on social media and tag me so I'm notified of the post, that counts as an entry. Include the hashtag Operation Starburst 21. Giveaway runs from the 13th of August through the 3rd of September. So not much longer. I didn't get on this one soon enough. Sorry about that. Sorry, Locke. And if you're listening to this episode right after it's released, you still have time to get into Locke Kraken's August giveaway, the hashtag Kraken August 21 giveaway. I will have a link in the show notes if you want to go over and check that out. Also, Panda Frog's August 21 giveaway still have a few days to enter if you're hearing this episode right after it releases, so head over there and check that out if you haven't entered already. The hashtag LockBoss giveaway by CLK Supplies runs every week, so be sure to check that out if you're into giveaways. 
and the monthly giveaway for the Lock Sportscast, where I give away one of my custom Packlock 100As or $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com, is still running currently. I know I'm way behind on doing my draws. I really apologize for that. I'm also way behind on making clips for the YouTube Clips channel for this podcast. I think I have overextended myself a little bit. Um, and as such, the monthly giveaway is still running, and I'm going to get caught up on my videos. But I think this year is going to be the end of the monthly giveaway. After that, I will probably just go to giving them out to people who have shown me some sort of extra support. Somebody I want to say thank you to. And we'll just leave it at that. Because I'm having a hard time meeting my goals of, of getting a monthly live stream done to do the giveaways. And I'm really having a hard time keeping up on the Clips channel. So we'll see what happens with that. But I thank all of you for staying tuned and providing me with information. So just remember, this show is fully community supported. So if you get value out of the show, please help support it by sending in your news links, information, anything you have that you think the community would find interesting or entertaining. You can send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the methods at thelocksportscast.com slash contact or in the show notes. I really appreciate the support. It's really, really makes my life easier. And I just want to thank you all. So remember to keep it legal. Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News and sometimes interview.